Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today just the one and only Ryan. I think Robin Williams did it better. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's funny. I I legit practiced earlier, and I coughed. (laughs) (laughs) So we are looking at the 30th anniversary of Hook. I actually, Ryan brought it to my attention. He's like, why don't we do Hook? And I'm like is it really been 30 years? I thought it was next year. And then he's like, nope, 1991. And I'm like, fuck, we're old. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, yeah, we're going to look back at Hook. Surprisingly, one of the most rotten tomato s- scores for Steven Spielberg. It's actually only at 29%. It's actually one of the most disliked Steven Spielberg movies. I don't know why. I love this movie. Mm. Um, actually, I do know why. We'll get into it, but it doesn't matter. I love this movie. Everyone I talk to loves this movie. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I'll get into it like when we get to the movie, but before that, let's get into some of the news. Not that much to cover, but uh, still some interesting stuff that dropped this week. Uh, so first off, a Rocky pre- prequel series is being written by Sylvester Stallone. I want you to tell me, Ryan, how little interest you have in this. Does he have nothing better to do? Yeah, right. Is that it? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't understand why he's doing this. Like, we have Creed, and Creed Three already seems like you're beating a dead horse. Not that it's a bad dead horse, but it was a good horse. We wrote it for a long time. Now let's put it out to pasture. Right. I I'm surprised, and especially because technically we kind of got the pre all the prequel we needed with the first 20 minutes of rocky when we know he's down in the dumps we know that he is still fighting in clubs that he doesn't think highly of himself so on so forth what else do you know i i don't care about him fighting in the 60s i think it'll do well because i think people just love the character but in terms of my oh yeah i'm going to see it (laughs) yeah yeah in terms of anticipation for it i'm going to put this at a zero uh but yeah, oh, yeah if it does come it will be on a streaming service uh more than likely this probably will be something that Netflix scoops up or HBO scoops up relatively quick. Uh mm-hmm. next bit of news the cast of Kenobi has been announced. Now I'm going to run through just a few of the names. Do do you happen to get a chance to look at that? Right. I looked at it and I suck with uh like knowing people from other things but the, uh, there was one name that stuck out for me. <laughs> and let me guess that's Hayden Christensen. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I'm listen, man. We've talked a lot about Star Wars on here, and mm-hmm. I know that we're hard on him, but I I genuinely think he's good in Episode Three. So I'm very curious yeah. to what they're doing here because Vader's in the suit, so I expect this to be like flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as he doesn't talk about sand, we're cool for sure. Uh, <laughs> we are getting Joel Egerton and Bonnie. Piazzi return as Uncle Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. So that'll be cool to see. So I assume they haven't announced anything, but I I suspect we're getting baby Luke, right? 
if not like a teenage Luca, like not teenage, like a young, like five year old. Oh no, no, it's gonna be ten years old if he does because this takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith. Also, ten year old Luca. Yep. Okay, I can see it. Uh, we're also getting Benny Safdie. You have no idea who that is, but that's part nope. of the Safdie brothers. Uh, we are also getting O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is. Do you Sounds know familiar. Yep, he is uh, Ice Cube's son. Okay. <laughs> and Kamunun Johnny is going to be in this, which is awesome. So he's staying in the Disney family. So it's it's. I am actually very intrigued by this show. I'm very curious as to where they're going because this is also a limited series. This will not be like uh, in the vein of The Mandalorian where we are going to get a full series. So very curious where this goes. I am expecting this to be one of the highlights for disney plus when the show releases oh yeah one Um, of the most talked about for sure oh yeah uh this is more for you because i still did i didn't even know we were up here up to here but jordan fisher has been cast in the cw's flash as bart allen thoughts are we there are we there already it's funny because they've been teasing like i'm a, a week behind but they they've been doing they did a thing where all different color lightning bolts were happening, so they're teasing uh, you know, new speedster, so I'm down for it. I can't wait to see what happens. How has this season been? You know, it's funny because they had to finish off the last season, so now we're really getting into what was going to be this season. Okay. So I'm really just an episode into what is this season. But it looks like it's going to be interesting. Like, I don't... It's a character I'm not familiar with that seems to be the big bad. It's like some big monsters, almost uh, like almost like a doomsday esque because he was able to. Uh, I think I think I know who it is, but I can't remember the guy's name because he was able to like intake dark matter energy and use it. Like it was a really powerful dude. But no, the episode was fine, and I'm interested in see what they do with another speedster. Yeah, this wasn't in my notes, but I'm curious because you you watch Titans. Did you happen to see the pictures that leaked? Of, I don't know if this is fake or because I really don't follow Titans or Titans news. Is the Joker and Batman supposed to be in the season? I'm a season behind, so I don't know. Damn it. Okay, cool. Because some pictures leaked on film Twitter with like Batman and the Joker, and it looks god awful. So I was just curious as to if they were going to be on the show. I need to actually get on that because I'm very behind on, on, on Titans, and I've heard good things about it. Oh, yeah, no, it's one of those things like, you know, me and Casey watch it together, so we have to wait until our uh, schedules are in sync, and then there's always something else to watch. Like, this week is funny. Uh, I said to myself, like, oh, I can find catch up on this movie, that movie, this movie. And I'm like, wait, no, Mania Week, never mind. Yeah. Um, next bit of news is, have you seen Knives Out, Ryan Johnson? Yes. So the Netflix, Netflix has bought the sequels to Knives Out for $400 million. I want to do, um, if not this year, next year, I want to do a five-year retrospect on The Last Jedi, and I want to bring someone that doesn't like it on here to have like a good roundtable discussion of it. But I want to say that Ryan Johnson got the last laugh <laughs> because I he got Knives Out. His Knives Out was the movie after Last Jedi. He got an Oscar nomination, and now he has a $400 million uh, contract to finish the trilogy on uh, Netflix. I mean, the guy yeah. wins. Yeah, I was actually thinking about the whole Last Jedi discussion like a few days ago, and it came to mind like we should really have someone that hates it 
to have a full discussion as to why they hate it and get into like why I love it and other people love it. So it should be a good one when we get there. Oh, yeah, and I'm very down the center of it. Like it's very for me the um it's not the best, it's not the worst, it's like very exact middle Star Wars for me. Good. So it's a good discussion to have with three different levels of it because you know me i think it's the best mm-hmm. since return since uh, empire so uh i will say there is some bad in it but that's a discussion to have that every star wars movie no matter how good it is every has some, almost every movie yeah. Does. yeah so it's a good it's a good discussion to have unless you're the godfather you're perfect and the godfather part two you're also perfect. and joker Discussion hey. to have. discussion hey. to have <laughs> um but yeah great great for ryan johnson i can't believe they Netflix paid that much, but the movies will be huge when they drop. Uh, next up, I have a question for you, Ryan. How many times have you seen Endgame? In full, probably four times, but all, like turning it on, probably seven, eight. <laughs> so if you want to set the record for the most times to see Endgame, you'd still need 187 more times. Who has that kind of time? Because an MCU <laughs> fan has set the world record for watching Endgame 191 times. While this is not newsworthy in terms of it's providing any new information for anybody, this is just bananas to talk about. Oh my god, yes. I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> I, I love Avengers Endgame. It's one of my favorite comic movies of all time. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, theatrical experience I've ever had. This is not something I would watch 191 times. I don't think there's any movie in this world I would watch 191 times. This is just bananas. And the fact that the movie's three hours just makes it even ridiculous. That's my thing. I think if, like, I was thinking to myself, is there a movie I've come close to that? And I think Jane Bob is close to that because I've turned that on anytime I'm upset. <laughs> um, but three-hour movie. you got to figure three hours to... Three times, you know, sixty each time times uh whatever. I'm not you know Rick Steiner math here. I think it's five hundred and seventy three hours or something along something ridiculous like that. Yeah, like who has like get a job? <laughs> yeah, I actually I'm gonna do the math. It is a hundred uh so hundred and ninety one what is hundred and ninety one times three. Yeah, five hundred and seventy three hours, so I just got it. Uh yeah, that's ridiculous. I think it's good for him. I'm glad someone loves Avengers as much as Leo. Uh, <laughs> is it Leo? It probably Come is on. Leo. Like, <laughs> when he listens back on this this week, he'll probably be like, "Yeah, it was me. It's my. It's, it's under my pseudonym." So, but yeah, that's crazy. And then the last bit of news is a Space Jam, a legacy trailer dropped, which was very interesting discussion we had off the line. That's why I wanted to bring it up today. Um, you hated. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I actually think it looks pretty decent. Um. I'll give my two cents. I hate LeBron James. Uh, I just don't. I well, maybe I don't hate the LeBron James. I just don't like the fact that he's compared to Jordan, and that's another discussion. Like two different eras of fans feel a certain way. That's that's for a different podcast. Um, I just think it's hilarious that he's pretty much going off of what Jordan did with Space Jam to release a sequel. But um, the movie feels more like Ready Player One than anything, and it actually reminds me a lot of like the Jumanji sequel where everyone didn't want it to happen, but in reality, when it comes out, it's going to be better than the original. Um, I don't think Space Jam is a good movie. I love Space Jam, but it is not a good movie. So if this is anywhere on par or better than that, then so be it. Uh, yeah, so you hated it completely, right? I mean, you said you used Ready Player One, and that's my thing. Like We have a movie if we want to see a mixture of everything 
Like we have a great Looney Tunes movie, a good Looney Tunes movie. Like I'm good. Like this is an unnecessary movie, and like I thought they were just like in the unnecessary plots. I I don't know. I don't think the plot that they're giving. I don't think any aspect of the movie according to the trailer. The uh, like why is he animated? Why is he the only one animated? I was actually gonna say like interesting that he's animated i'm curious to it's probably like a very short scene um but no like i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting that they're doing that ready player one feel for the actual game i don't expect the animation to just be like that for the entire movie but yeah mm-hmm. we'll see what happens i i i'm gonna give this a shot it doesn't look as bad as i expected it to be but like i mentioned the first one is not that great anyway so uh we'll see what happens with that and then uh finishing up what we watch this week you watch a lot of wrestling and what else did you watch um, yeah, if you want to hear about my wrestling, you can go check out Main Event Roundtable Podcast. Cheap plug. Um, I did watch Soul for the first time. Did you cry? I didn't cry, <laughs> no. But I was digging every second of it. It's definitely a really good movie. It's, it definitely hit home a couple of times with getting into the zone, like, you know, being lost in the zone. And yeah. The soul, like, just that moment, like, oh. Yeah, I, I, I love Soul. Like, it, yeah. when we cover Pixar uh we're gonna see how much i love soul it's definitely top <laughs> tier for me it's really it's so emotional it's very mature for pixar and i mean pixar usually goes for the for the adult heart but this one mm-hmm. really really touches on like humanity and mortality and stuff so it's oh yeah really, when he really was good. when he was like going through the hall of him i'm like oh like why are you attacking me like yes yeah. <laughs> anything else uh, um, I saw Brave, which I couldn't stand, and if I never see it again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, um, so like we touched on that off the line. I don't think, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible, but you kind of nailed it. I will never watch it again. <laughs> yeah, and that's about it. Nice. So, um, did you see Falcon and Winter Soldier? Or are you still behind? I'm still behind. All right. So, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was solid. It's very interesting that no one's talking about it, but I feel like it's better than WandaVision. But it's um, they're both great, but it's just interesting that word of mouth. I, I'm not worried about it being spoiled, like as opposed to WandaVision, uh, but it's still very good. Uh, I also saw Concrete Cowboy, which is a new Netflix movie with Idris Elba and Caleb McLaughlin, who is uh, the little boy from who is not a little boy anymore from Stranger Things. Uh, very, very solid movie. Feels like a hood western. Uh, not for everybody, but it's really solid. Uh, I, I saw... dig it? No, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I saw Godzilla vs. Kong, which was... Yeah, that... go ahead. I want to talk to you about something with your versus ranking. Yeah, go ahead. You had um, BVS over Freddy vs. Jason. I found that a little surprising. The old... I don't think Freddy vs. Jason is a good movie. No, it's not, but neither is BVS. The Ultimate Edition is what I'm considering. You know what sucks? That Letterboxd gotcha. doesn't have a ranking for the Ultimate Edition, <laughs> so I can't... I have, I'm have. i stuck using that one. I don't really... You know, when I put it, I mean the Ultimate Edition. Okay. Um, I, I, I think Freddy vs. Jason, as I've gotten older, I, I don't hate it. I think all of these movies are watchable for me. Mm-hmm. I am just entertained by those movies. But... um. I think they could have done so many different things with Freddy versus Jason. I don't like stoner J- poor man Jason Muse. I don't like that at all. I don't like <laughs> Kelly Rowland in it. I don't like the insulting things that she says. Um, the fight itself is great, but I don't. 
I wasn't really too big on it. Uh, certain aspects of it. Uh, the Ultimate Except Edition. If, if you didn't have the Ultimate Edition, which one would you put? Oh, Freddy vs. Jason. No, Freddy vs. Jason. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's not that's not a question. Um, <laughs> I sincerely dislike Fat BBS a lot. <laughs> the theatrical cut. Um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Godzilla vs. Kong is fucking great, though. Like I, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Just letting you know that there's like something called I. I don't even remember what it's called at this point. I think Alter Alter Earth or something like that. And it's uh it's a little bit ridiculous, but when the only thing I cared about was them fighting and they start fighting at 37 minutes into the fucking movie and that's what I like to see and they battle it out three times throughout the entire movie and like epic scope battles, which is fantastic. Like definitely give it a shot. If you haven't seen the other ones, um, you might be a little lost with some concepts, but overall, it's extremely entertaining. Uh, and I also have you seen Uncut Gems? Uh yes. So I saw this movie called Shiva Baby yesterday, and it is about a a girl who is at a shiva, and at the shiva, her ex girlfriend is there, and her sugar daddy is there too. Oh wow! And it is it's only an hour and seventeen minutes. Nice. Yeah. So it is. So fucking great! It is so great. But when I I asked if you saw Uncut Gems, it's very noisy. Like everything, there's just so much going on. Like Uncut Gems, when he's at the jeweler, there's so much going around going on around mm-hmm. him. That's exactly what this movie is. But it's um, gotcha. it's essentially in real time, like the hour that she's at the shiva, and it is it's so great. It's one of one of the best films of the year. Like genuinely, this one I think if you like Uncut Gems, you'll like this. And the fact that it's an hour and seventeen minutes doesn't oh, yeah. doesn't hurt. And then the other last movie I wanted to talk about because I know you will love, and I know everyone that listens will love, nobody. The uh, Bob Odenkirk movie. It is bat shit crazy. You seen John Wick? Uh, no, I have not actually. Oh, watch John Wick, then watch this. It's just as good in terms of like the. It's so ultra violent. It is. I've seen it. I've seen the commercials. Yeah, it is so fun. Like you genuinely will enjoy all the bat shit crazy violence in the movie. It is really really good. Um. Yeah, I mean, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier, I can't really talk too much about because uh, I haven't seen. Yeah, and it is a s- almost done. There's only, I think, three episodes left. So it, yeah, it's 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 pretty much done. So and then yeah, that wraps it up for the news and what we watched today, watch this week. Uh, let's get into Hook. Um, I s- thirty years, man. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we're old, man. We're so old. <laughs> it's uh, funny. I've been um not to like totally not to change subject, but speaking of feeling old, I like been doing stuff with the Pfizer and I like work with the people and I bring people to get their shot and I look at their ages and I see two thousand, I see next to a twenty one. I'm like, two thousand babies are twenty one now? This is yeah, bullshit. This is crazy. <laughs> um shit. So I I remember watching this movie. As a kid, this is one of those VHSs that I remember well for the artwork. Uh, Drew Struzan mm-hmm. drew the poster for it, who also drew the poster for Mallrats. I don't know if you knew that. I uh, did not. Yeah, so uh, the poster itself and the box art for the VHS 
was something I remember a lot. So I remember watching it as a kid. I remember loving it. It wasn't until I was older that I found out the movie's pretty much hated by a lot of people, including Steven Spielberg. So um, let me get into the production of it. Production actually began in the early 1980s. Spielberg began to develop a film with Walt Disney Pictures, and it would have closely followed the storyline of the 1924 silent film and the 1953 animated film. Ironically, it essentially would be what Walt Disney is doing today <laughs> with mm. all the um, the live action yeah. yeah i it actually he considered directing it as a musical with michael jackson in the lead yeah that one didn't work no not <laughs> at all uh after uh spielberg lo- lost interest on it the project was taken over um by paramount pictures uh james v hart wrote the first script with dustin hoffman already cast in the role it entered pre-production in 1985 for filming at a sound stages in england elliot scott had been hired a production designer with the birth of the first son like i mentioned spielberg decided to drop out so um the movie pretty much sat there for a while paramount moved forward in 1987 i believe with production with nick castle as director now why is nick castle a big name nick castle is actually the man who played michael myers in halloween one. Oh wow yeah so he is actually a writer and a director and he happened to be just on set and he was friends with john carpenter carpenter gave him the mask here you go he played michael myers he's well known i mean i know him as his direct he's a director a writer but you know, he is mostly known as the guy who played Michael Myers in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Halloween 1. So uh, Hart began to work on a new storyline when his son Jake showed his family a drawing. We asked Jake what it was, and he said it was a crocodile eating Captain Hook, but the crocodile really didn't eat him. He got away. Hart reflected as it happens. I began to try to crack Peter Pan for years, but I didn't just want to do a remake. So I went, wow, Hook is not dead. The crocodile is. We've all been fooled, which essentially led to the script of the what would happen if Peter Pan got old and forgot he was Peter Pan, which is pretty crazy. And then eventually Steven Spielberg decided that he wanted to direct. And here we are with what we got. Uh, box office wise, the movie was released on December 11, 1991. I've uh, received mixed reviews from critics who pra- praise the performances of Williams and Hoffman, John Williams' score, which is f- incredible, it's super underrated, mm. the production design, but criticized the screenplay and tone. Although it was a commercial success, the box office take was lower than expected, and then Spielberg also later came to be disappointed with the film as a whole. So the movie cost $70 million and it made $300 million. Uh, trophy room-wise, the movie was nominated for five Oscars, uh, Best production design, costume design, uh, visual effects, makeup, and best original song. It lost everything. <laughs> so At least there's no Razzies. <laughs> yeah, I actually think it. I mean, production design. I know Spielberg doesn't like it because it looks too fake. He would have preferred using CGI, but CGI wasn't around at the time. I actually yeah. really like the movie, like the look of Neverland. Anything Neverland, oh, yeah. I really do like. Um, I mean, it feels like a straight out of Disneyland world. Like, yeah. I feel like I can step into it. You're right. Like I, I really, really like that. Um, in terms of the, I and, and another, and another note with uh, Halloween, Dean Cundy, who was a cinematographer on this, was also the cinematographer on Halloween. Yeah. Connections. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, in terms of legacy, I wanted to bring this in because of what the Spielberg that I keep hinting at. So he admitted in interviews that he was not proud of the film and disappointed in the final result. 
Uh, in 2011, he did an interview saying, there are parts of Hook that I love. I'm really proud of my work right up to where Peter being hauled off in a parachute out, out the window heading for Neverland. I'm a little less proud of the Neverland sequences because I'm uncomfortable with the highly stylized work of today. Uh, of course, I would probably have done live action character work inside a completely digital set. I had mentioned before, but we didn't have the technology. So my imagination only went as far as building physical sets and trying to paint trees blue and red. Spielberg gave a more blunt assessment into 2013 stating, I want to see Hook again because uh, because I so don't like the movie and I'm hoping someday I'll see it again and per perhaps like some of it. <laughs> In 2018, he said, "If uh, in an interview with Empire, he said, I felt like a fish out of water making Hook. I didn't have confidence in the script. I had confidence in the first act, and I had confidence in the epilogue, but I didn't have confidence in the body of it. I didn't quite know what I was doing and tried to paint over my insecurity with production value. And meaning the more insecure I felt about it, the bigger and more colorful the sets became. That's crazy, right? Yeah, that is insane. Yeah. Actually, for me, the body is what I love the most. Yeah. No, I actually, I mean, I love everything about it. I understand certain aspects of it when you go to Neverland, what it becomes to what it started. But mm -hmm. I love the movie. So there's really little that I yeah. don't like about it. Uh, and ironically, this isn't for the future. Uh, there is an animated prequel series about Rufio in the works. Not sure how serious this is going to be. This is an interview in 2020. I'm not sure how far this is, but it would be interesting if we do get an animated prequel series. Uh, with just you have to a... say it right. Rufio. Oh! Uh, all right, so age best. All right. I do enjoy the modern Peter Pan take. I do like the Peter mm -hmm. Peter Pan got old. Um, when do Oh, age best. Wendy's ability to get over P Peter marrying her granddaughter. I got to give props for that because, like, damn. <laughs> like, not only did he just say, you know what? Because that scene when he's like, I'm going to kiss her. I'm like, yo. Like, you were, like, in love with Wendy. Like, what are you doing? Time feels old. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, red carpet on stairs on cue. Got to love that. On the uh, John Williams score, I really do think it's really incredible incredibly underrated i think it's one of his best and no one ever talks about uh pan reuniting with the lost boys for the first time and not knowing who they were uh peter training i like yeah. the the score that's used in peter's training uh dinner with the lost boys i know when we were i know when i was a kid i, I wanted that meal mm -hmm. uh, yep and i pan remembering everything and leading to the crow crow call with rufio what do you have um you know what? I'm going to bite off you everything you just said and more because the entire movie pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> cell phones have aged well. Definitely gotten better since the one he used. But honestly, also worse because that was able to take the toss and be in the snow for as long as it was and hold up. You do that to an iPhone, forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually going to talk about that. That's actually in my age worse, but we can just talk about it now. Um, I was talking to, to Jen about this, and I was like, that phone would never work. And she's like, well, you know what? If you really think about it, if that phone was probably much more protected than the ones we are, that are made now. So maybe mm -hmm. that phone would work. But if our iPhones drop in there for days, no shot they work. Oh, so yeah. I, I think it was a Nokia. <laughs> yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, anything else? And trying to stay young. I think that's aged really yeah, well. Yeah. I think nostalgia that that just adds to what we live in now when nostalgia and just going back mm -hmm. to our youth and stuff. Age worse. Alrighty. <laughs> I hope you agree with me. Jack Banning sucks. Yeah. 
he stinks. He is the worst son ever. Like, he is just, there's, even at the end when he's like, oh, I'm sorry, dad. <laughs> no, you stink. I don't like anything about his character. I don't like, I don't even think he's developed very well, to be honest with you. No. Um, I also have. He randomly forgets his dad, like, just because he's flying. He's like, who is that? He's flying. That can't be my dad. Like, really? You don't recognize your own father, you right? asshole? <laughs> I do. Um, his daughter's a little whiny, but I'll let that go because she's really, really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, I, going back to the idea of I understand why people, certain people don't like it. Um, the idea of Pan getting old is really great, and I really like that. But when they go to Neverland, it's essentially a, the same story being told again of Pan versus Hook. Like, no effort is made to involve Peter's magic in the changed world he now inhabits. Uh, little thought has been given to Captain Hook. It's persistent to wanting to revisit the past. Like, he talks about it so much about, you know, I want to relive the old days and go to war with you, but why? Like, why is he so intent on the past? They never really touch on that. And I think those could have been a little bit interesting if they touch on. Doesn't ruin the movie for me, but I can see. Yeah. I try to do this this week and try to like see why certain people um, feel the way. Like they feel like Hook is good, but it has an inability to reimagine material and find something new, which what is what it is. Um, Rufio as a leader is not age well. He is a terrible leader. I think he would probably yeah. end up leading all the fucking Lost Boys to their death. I don't know if you agree. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because I one thing it's not really age worse, but one thing I've noticed is uh they go from oh we kill pirates to hitting them with eggs and random other objects. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, Hook wanting to commit suicide. What was up with that? <laughs> like I, it goes back to the themes of him reliving the past. But what does he? He never really say, states why he wants to end it all. Uh, Not only that, but you make su- make light of suicide. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, and then finally, for me, who cleans up that food fight? <laughs> it's imaginary, so it just gets that is true. Away. I guess, yeah. Because <laughs> that's a fucking mess after. Uh, what do you got? Wendy knowing the truth and not getting suspect when Maggie mentions the window washer. True. True. Like that bothered me. I'm like, really? You know the truth, and someone, a random window washer, doesn't bother you whatsoever. <laughs> and cheating on your wife with a fairy. Technically, all right. Here you go. <laughs> I had a feeling you were gonna mention that, so I had, dude, I have notes on this. Techni- <laughs> all right. Technically, it is cheating. Okay, we'll say that the the logical term is, yeah, he cheated. But technically, she kissed him, and he like right away he was like, I love Moy- Moira. No? True. I guess. Uh, but there, I mean, it wasn't right away. There was like a good couple beats to it. I guess. I'll give him but a pass. Really like, I mean, a lot of this movie for me has aged well. I mean, some of the C- like, you know, the CGI-ish what didn't age that well for me. But like, I can sit through this. Like, I haven't watched this movie in a while. And I forgot how much I loved this movie. Yeah, the only thing I wish it was a, it, it was like twenty five minutes shorter. I like the it's a, the bit long on the tooth. Like the two hour time range range yeah. would work really well for that. Um, all right, that category time. That guy, the Joe Spinell Award. I know I'm gonna listeners are gonna be like you're an idiot, but uh, I actually went with Dante Bosco as Rufio because I really just look at him anytime he's in something. I'm like, yeah, that's Rufio. Uh, who'd you go with? 
I went with the same Dante Basso. Yeah, there you go. Else. Like, I've seen him in other stuff, but it's, if I see him, I'm like, oh, shit, it's Rufio. There's nothing else that that, yeah. that he's done that will make me think he's not Rufio. Um, for Detlef Schrem's Sixth Man of the Film Award, I actually cheated and I went with all the Lost Boys. Because I see, think I, they're... Go ahead. I cheated too, but I'll let you go ahead. I went with all the Lost Boys because I think they all are intricate in the story. Um mm-hmm. As supporting players, but if I do have to pick my favorite Lost Boys, I will obviously pick Rufio. But Loki, real six man, was Thud Butt. Oh hell yeah, that is my <laughs> fucking dude. And when he gets a sword at the end, that shit almost brings me brings a tear to my eye when they make him the leader of the Lost Boys. I love him in this movie. But who do you have? Oh yeah, I got uh, Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins. I think they play off each other oh, yeah. very well. They do. They do. Bob Hoskins is so great on those. Uh. For Becky O'Shea, Icebox MVP of the film, I actually went with a cheat here. I went with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman because those two also played so well off each other. But, I mean, I assume you went Robin Williams, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I Without even starting a movie, I just typed in Robin yeah, Williams. Yeah, that's actually kind of <laughs> what I did, too. I put both of them right away because they're so both so great in it. Um, Peaks and Valley. This one's interesting. So for Peak, I went with Charlie Cosmo, the the guy who plays Jack Banning, which is uh, the, uh, Peter's son. And for Valley, I went with a tie here. I went with Robin Williams and Julia Roberts. Where'd you go? I went with Maggie Smith for Peak, the one who played Wendy, because I can't think of anything. Oh else my she god, did after. I love Maggie Smith. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna upset Jenny. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> listen to this. She'd be like, "Oh, Ryan." Yeah, I can. I, yeah, no. Um, and Valley, I went with Julia Roberts because you win an Oscar, you get the Valley. Yeah, because Robin Williams won an Oscar too after this, so that's okay, why I went then... both of them. But you know, obviously, I don't want to let another somber know with everything with Robin. But like mm. he, you know, they both won Oscars, and yeah, they're both incredible. All right, and finally, I have some hook facts for you. Nice. Uh, number one, some of these are interesting. So some of uh, Robin Williams became best friends with director Steven Spielberg while making this movie. Reportedly, after Williams' death, that's when Spielberg finally decided to watch the movie out of remembrance. But he couldn't finish it because he couldn't stop crying for several hours. So that's and what? That's Seriously? the only. That's the only sad one here. I promise. Why uh, so bad about the movie? I'm telling you, I I. I listeners, please hit us up if you do not like this movie and let us know. I'm yeah, so man. Curious. I actually put online. People were surprised when I posted the question that yeah, like, people don't like Hook. I'm like, oh yeah, like <laughs> oh yeah, they don't like it. It is pretty crazy how much I love it. I know so many people dislike it. Uh, number two, the kissing couple who began to float when some fairy dust lands on them were actually George Lucas and Carrie Fisher in a cameo. It's funny because I was um, IMDb-ing for, you know, Peaks and Valleys. And I'm like, I'm looking at the cast and I'm like, holy shit, Carrie Fisher's in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, this was actually funny because of you're, you're a beer drinker, so you'll appreciate this. So there's a scene that was shot and uh, it was lengthy and it was it was a complicated scene and it was cut from the film. Because of that, Bob Hoskins bought beer for 300 plus extras for, for their work. That's awesome. Yeah, so definitely, definitely love that. Number four, this is actually on the Spielberg documentary that's on HBO. Julia Roberts was named was nicknamed Tinker Hell because she was still difficult to deal with. A reaction to her working conditions of solitude and a green screen. <laughs> 
tough. Um, tough. <laughs> Something about age worse I forgot to add. Her wig is pretty awful in this movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, number five, Carrie Fisher did uncredited rewriting on the final draft of the screenplay, which she was known for as a big ghostwriter during the during the 90s. So makes makes sense here. Uh, number six, David Bowie turned on the role of Captain Hook. I'm kind of glad. I kind of just like the fact that it was Hoffman. Ironically, he shot Twin Peaks the same year, uh, uh, the Twin Peaks movie that came out in 92. Uh, another what-if casting. This is my favorite part of these fun facts, just the what-if castings. Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Peter Pan. Wendy. <laughs> yeah. It, I think this is around the time that uh, Hanks was starting to transition to more serious roles. So it makes sense uh, why he did not take this. Number eight, Spielberg originally slated the movie to be a musical, like I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Uh, He later expressed interest in starring and contributing to its soundtrack. Uh, I mentioned with Michael Jackson. Because of this, I mentioned that he'd left. Spielberg insisted to focus on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I think Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a great movie. So mm-hmm. I am one of the only few that love it because I, I that's another one that I see critics love it. But on our end, like the more uh, like when I have discussion with just cinephiles across, I see a lot of people think Temple of Doom is outside of Crystal, uh, Crystal Skull is the worst. It's good. Wow. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Number nine, other casting news. Whistle and I would have been more interesting. Danny DeVito and Joe Pesci were considered for the role. Mr. Smee. I kind of want Danny DeVito's take. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm on the other end. I kind of want to see Joe Pesci curse the fuck out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10, Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, and Steven Spielberg did not take salaries for the film. Their deal called for them to split 40% of TriStar Pictures' gross revenues. They were they were to receive $20 million from the first $50 million in gross theatrical rentals, while with TriStar keeping the next $70 million in rentals before three resume receiving their percentages. So, interesting. That sounds very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another Twin Peaks connection. Sherilyn Fenn was considered for the role of Tinkerbell. Hmm. Makes sense. Twin Peaks was so big at the time. It really yeah. does make sense. Another cast, cap, Captain Hook. Christopher Fuller was considered for the role of Captain Hook. Oh, you had to go back to Neverland. <laughs> um, number 13 oh, wait, that was actually just to go back to it real quick that was something that was a little confusing because at one point Captain Hook says I hate Neverland but then as a punishment uh, Peter sends him away from Neverland oh interesting that's true so it's a kind of a it's a continuity er- error there yeah I just realized that uh, this one I know you didn't notice because I didn't notice it until I actually did research for this um, Glenn Close makes a cameo as the pirate that gets at the beginning of the movie that he that Captain Hook questions as someone that's there that shouldn't be there and it gets thrown that gets put in the treasure chest. That's right. That's okay. Yeah, that, I didn't catch that. That's Glenn Close. In, oh wow! Yeah, pretty intense stuff. And last two, number fourteen, the original ending had Peter leap through a window to greet his family. Wendy asks him why he is crying. He says because he's so glad to be home again. Then the Bennings Jones, uh, the Bennings join hands and float around the room in a circle. This ending was either cut or never filmed. It is not in the ending of the film. However, the it is. Uh, however, the ending of Marvel's at, what? No, this doesn't make any sense. N- any sense here? Let's just say that's not the ending of the movie. And finally... I'm curious. What's the rest of that sentence? It it is, however, the ending of Marvel's adaptation of the film. 
Ain't no Marvel hat. Exactly. <laughs> so number fifteen, finally, according to an interview with people, and this is the most awesome, awesome fact here. According to an interview with People Magazine, Rashawn Hammond, who plays Thudbutt, reveals that the scene at the end where Peter passes his sword to the to the next leader of the Lost Boy was improvised. So none of the boys there knew who he was going to give the sword to. So uh, when Williams did, their reactions are genuine. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I love that. Absolutely love yeah. that. No, That's, you can't beat that. And it makes that scene so much more impactful. So mm-hmm. I, I I I loved it. So yeah, this is one of the shortest episodes we have ever done. <laughs> Uh, this was a this was a fun one though. I'm glad that we Definitely. got to talk about Hook. And next week we will be back, and we I am going to tease right now before we go a future addition to the podcast that we will be doing monthly. You've heard of fantasy movie drafts. You've heard of best of the decades. You've heard best of the year. But we are going to start something new, fresh and new coming up in the next few months where we are going to be drafting movies. What will that be? You'll find out on our socials. Until then, see you at the movies, kids. Mm-hmm.